Tisdale. Welcome to Tis Talk. Welcome to Tis Talk. This is a podcast coming from Tisbury, Wiltshire and surrounding villages. I'm Julianne Murphy. And I'm Mary Myers. It's the week beginning the 23rd of October. This week we start with Mia Harrison, a local 17-year-old baker and entrepreneur. Yeah, when I finish school, the dream is to just have a bakery in Tisbury. Peter Shellcroft gives us an October farming update. Uh, there was a, a huge crop because the, I think it was because of the early summer sun. Then we hear about carnival winners, wild trekkers. I think the confidence, they can build up the confidence no matter what they do mm. in the wild. I just make new friends. It's, right. co- it's completely different to school. And Louis Davison with the What's Ons. First, a report of a ceremony that happened on Crat Hill near Chicklade yesterday, Sunday 22nd of October. A memorial service was organised by Chicklade Village and Church and Lord Margadale for the seven crew members who sadly died in an air crash there 60 years ago, 1963. A memorial stone has been erected for the fatal crash of test flight BAC-111, a civil aircraft. I spoke to the grandson of Commander Mike Lithgow, Rob McLaughlin. So my name is Rob McLaughlin. Uh, My grandfather was Mike Lithgow, who was the commander of the BAC-111 that crashed up here 60 this year. Um, And they sadly crashed um, and were all killed um, on this hill, Cracked Hill, near Chicklade. For all my, uh, both my uncles and my mother, it must have been a, a terrible blow that it happened, mm. you know, a really shocking thing. But they were testing stall characteristics, is my understanding. So that's when you reduce the speed of the aeroplane very low and you pull the nose up and you see at what point the aircraft stalls. It's a beautiful woods to walk in up here and I'd be very happy to come back and see the memorial again or just see the community. Thank you very much. Tis Talk, a podcast from Tisbury on tistalk.buzzsprout.com. Now we welcome back Mia Harrison, who we interviewed on Tis Talk about a year ago. At that time, Mia was baking her own bread and delivering it on a Vespa all around Tisbury and the Nada Valley villages. She calls her business The Bikery. Today we get an update from her and hear how her business is changing and what exactly a grazing board is. So have you still got the bikery? Is it still going? So the bikery's kind of changed a bit now because I'm in year 13, so I've got, I'm doing my A-levels and it's the final year, so there's quite a lot going on. And it's a bit of a struggle to do the weekly deliveries. So the bikery's kind of adapted to more grazing boards and cakes, which you can order just through my email rather than just the weekly Vespa. So grazing boards and cakes, what what are grazing boards? So a grazing board is kind of like a platter of food really that you can just pick on. So it still includes my homemade bread as well. Cheeses, meats, fruits, nuts, just like picky bits really that you could have for a wedding or just a brunch kind of thing or a party, whatever you fancy. This week I'm actually creating one for a wedding which is a platter for seven people. 
Um, and it's for the bride in the morning a brunch style platter that's going at 150. Um, right. For how many people? For seven people. Right, yeah. I see. Okay. Because um, you have to factor in the cost of the board and obviously all my ingredients which are from locally sourced places. So is this for pocket money or is this a real business? This is a real business. It's just a new version of the bike. I guess it's not on the vest because grazing boards would be difficult to take. But <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah. And you're still baking at home using your home oven? Yeah, I'm still using my home oven. The whole time I had the bikery, it was all on my home oven, which was quite intense, but it was fun. Yeah, it was really intense. I remember you said you got up really early. Yeah, about three in the morning. So On the day that you were baking and then yeah. you had to get out... Got out uh, the house about eight o'clock and then I was done about ten. Done delivering done on your delivering, Vespa? delivering, yeah. For these grazing boards and cakes, how do people get hold of them? Um, I think the easiest way is just to email me. Um, and then you deliver or...? Yeah, I'm can... happy to deliver. Um, I passed my driving test in the summer, so... Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, I can deliver much further than the Vespa can take me. And is the Vespa a thing of the past? No, still going, still going. In the winter, it's a bit cold to ride on, but still. Yeah, so you're at Gillingham, you're, you're doing your A-levels. Which A-levels are you doing? Psychology, French and art. Yeah, when I finish school, the dream is to just have a bakery in Tisbury. That's, yeah, purely a bakery. Great. So just give those details again for the listeners. The easiest way is to just go onto my Nextdoor profile, if you have that, and um, private message me. Or my email is harrisonmere7 at gmail.com. So that's Harrison, H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N. Yeah. Mia, M-I-A, 7. Yeah. At gmail.com. Thank you for all that. Now we have a little sort of fun bit with our interviewees on Tis Talk. So, Mia, what gets you out of bed in the mornings? Probably my cockapoo dog called Ruby. Yeah, <laughs> she's crazy. She comes and wakes me up, so it forces me out of bed. Okay. What's your favourite disc that you'd take to a desert island? Probably one by Lana Del Rey. I Lana reckon. Del Rey? Yeah. Okay, we'll try and it. find one for you. <laughs> Thank you. What do you most like about Tisbury? Uh, I think all the shops and the people. I couldn't decide, really. Yeah. Dislike? The traffic on a Saturday morning, mm, <laughs> trying yes. to get down the high street is quite busy. Because you live on Hinden Lane, yeah. do you? Yeah, yeah no. trying to get to my best friend's house at the other end of Tisbury takes me forever. What's your favourite local view? Uh, above Font Hill Lake there's a nice green field and you can look out and you can see the church by the Beckford Arms. And if you watch the sunset over there, it's beautiful all times of the year. Not many people know this about Tisbury, but... Tisbury has the oldest tree in England. It's a yew tree. In the churchyard. Now, quick fire. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Beer or wine? Wine. Football or rugby? Rugby. Radio one, two or three? One, but I like two as well. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Follow us on Instagram at TizTalkRadio.
Peter Shellcross reflects on the weather and this year's harvest and explains the conflict between farmers and supermarkets around the red tractor label. So this is Peter Shellcross at Warmead Farm in the middle of October, just reflecting on what's happened in the last few weeks. So the main thing is the end of harvest was the maize harvest, which was last week. And luckily it was very dry, the conditions were perfect. Uh, there was a, a huge crop because the, I think it was because of the early summer sun. Uh, it deteriorated later, but the good had been done. So I'm just pointing at a huge clamp of maize in the background here. And there's two more clamps full up. Last year, we only had half a clamp because of the drought. So it's a complete reversal from last year. And that's the same with the grass silage. We, we continue to make that through this lovely weather we've had because um, the grass hasn't stopped growing. It's been an amazing grass year. The cows are still out. They're just about to come in because it's turned wet. We have to feed them extra silage and extra food in the, the buildings, which they can choose whether they eat or not because they can still go out to the fields. But basically they, they're happier coming in now because the ground is wet. They don't like particularly lying on wet ground. They don't like walking through mud. It's just much easier for them to lie in a nice comfy cubicle and, um, and just go out a few yards to nibble on some silage. So um, part of my, one of my hats is a NFU representative. So I'm on the Southwest Environmental Forum. So all the great and the good of the area uh, were down in Taunton yesterday. And we had several topics on the, on the agenda, but the one that got everybody's ire up was, um, was the red tractor. So the red tractor is an insurance, a farm assurance scheme which is a label basically, which is put on a lot of food, is mainly in supermarkets. And it gives assurance that that's the food that you're buying is British and it conforms to a certain minimum set of standards. And if you were to come onto the farm when the auditor was here, you'd be amazed how long the form is. It takes three or four hours to go through the form, produce the paperwork, um, but it is a minimum standards um, and the supermarkets have got add-ons on top so they can differentiate their product. So for me, the red tractor is just a basic level of standards, which I fully agree with. Uh, there's nothing else that does the job. It's an industry-wide system. But at the meeting yesterday, we were scrutinizing or looking at a new set of standards because nothing stays still. So there's another module that the red tractor team have taken four years to produce about sustainability, all about environmental sustainability. And on the face of it, it's, it's really good because consumers are worried about particularly dairy farming and how polluting it is. And it would do that job of putting another set of standards on top, uh, bigger hedges, more flowers, and again, a whole host of different measures. So the trouble is that Red Tractor did it without any consultation with the farmers and in fact, the NFU which represents 70% of the farmers. And so this was presented last week as a set of standards which would be brought out and that's it. And it was negotiated by Red Tractor and the retailers. And in fact, the complication is that with the change of farm subsidies, we need to be paid for the public goods, like making the hedges uh, bigger, more flowers, because a lot of these things do cost money Either they cost money directly or we produce less, so we've got to be, or we should be, in my view, compensated. So yesterday at the meeting in Taunton really brought home to me the stranglehold the supermarkets have 
on our business. So there's a cost to making a hedge bigger, putting more flowers in their field, all of those things, there's a cost. And the supermarkets are trying to get it for nothing. Now I meet Amy Gray, who started a forest school called Wild Trekkers in the woods just outside Tefont. And I've got to a kind of camp. There are some flags, there's some chairs, there's a barbecue, there's some little blackboards, and there's a hut. And there's somebody coming out, I think, to greet me here. I hope I've got the right place. It looks like I've got the right place. Um, welcome to Tis Talk. So you are? Amy Gray. I'm from Wild Trekkers. Wild Trekkers is a forest school, ages between 4 and 13. Um, I do a toddler group, birthday parties and holiday camp days. In the summer holidays, Easter, Christmas, right. half terms. <laughs> and how long have you been going for? Um, just over a year. Okay. Yeah. So we came across you at Tisbury Carnival. And can you just tell us about that day? Because I think you won a few prizes, is that <laughs> we right? We did, yeah, yeah. We won the best large group and the Tisbury Swimming Pools Award for the best route. So two trophies and some prize money, which is great because we've bought some new stuff, new equipment for World Trekkers. Oh, have you? Yeah. So what activities do you actually do here in the woods? So we do um, den building is a, our major Thing, what the kids like to do. We do fire activities, crafts, all based around nature and games as well. We go for welly walks. Um, we do field studies out in the field just over behind us, which is Dinton Field. So we've got 3.4 acres here. We go for massive walks out in the field as well. And yeah, I just have fun. Weekdays in the summer holidays or Christmas, Easter holidays, half terms, um, toddler groups, um, on a Friday morning, and then birthdays, birthday right. parties would be over the weekend. Yeah. Right. How much is a say a day of so a day in the holidays? It's nine to three, and it's thirty pound per child. Right. Throughout the summer holidays, it was between twelve and nineteen children we had right. per day. Right. Yeah, it was really good. So, how did it all begin? I mean, who owns these woods? This is my woods and land. I started it on my own and then I've had great help from my sister, I've got had support from my husband and then I've got a handful of friends who come and help me, help mm. with the carnival as well with yes, 20 children. So. <laughs> a lot of very enthusiastic kids all dressed up. Yes, they loved it actually. Some was a little bit like, oh, I don't, oh, a bit nervous doing it. I was quite nervous as well, but they made me proud, just carried on walking down, cheering and I think once... The adults were clapping and cheering then and he loved it. It's yes. a fantastic day and it was a good thing yeah. to do just for Tisbury as well, to get the Tisbury Carnival back up and running. It was good. I right. grew up in front of Gifford. Right. <laughs> Been there like practically all my life. And, right. Yeah. But we, we live in front of Bishop now, so right. still local. So I, I work in um, Hinden Primary School. Um, I'm a TA, a wellbeing champion and a forest school leader okay. at the school. What are the benefits, would you say, for children to be out in the open? So many benefits. I can remember growing up in the, like, and I was just constantly outside. There's health benefits, of course. 
Um, I feel like sometimes some children are built to be in a school with four walls. So out in the wild, there's no walls. Mm. Um, they can just... I think the confidence, they can build up the confidence no matter what they do mm. in the wild. I just make new friends. It's, right. co- it's completely different to school. Obviously, school helps massively, but outside here we can just learn. And we, it's quite child-led, so mm. what they take an interest in, we then adapt around what they take interest in. Mm. And I mean, we have think, things planned, but if a child sort of takes another route away from what we were planning, then we just continue with their route and mm. they sort of inspire us as much as mm. we inspire them. Do you find it helps for children with learning difficulties or social problems? Yes, definitely, yeah. Do you have to do anything in relation to health and safety, that kind of thing? Yeah, we've got to do like risk assessments constantly, just as you know, the different crafts and activities we do. Mm. There's always health and safety involved. Is that a pain? Um, not really. Mm. I feel like I'm used to it now, so yeah. it, I can just easily do it. Yes. <laughs> My volunteers as well, they all got first aid and yeah. DBS check and stuff like that, so right. they're all trained if we, there's yeah. ever an accident. But no. We haven't had any. Yeah, that's good. Touch wood. <laughs> yeah, touch wood. Yeah, plenty of wood to touch yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. And what if people can't afford the 30 quid or whatever? Are there any grants or...? Um, no, we no... haven't at the moment, but no. I'm always willing to help. If you message me and say I can't afford it, then it's not a definite no. I can always help out. If it's to help the children, mm. then I'm always happy and willing to help out. The price is too much. Mm. Um, yes, we've got half term yeah. coming up, so... We do it on a Tuesday and a Thursday, so it's 24th and 26th of October. We've got our two half-term dates. Um, it's going to be very spooky, but not too spooky. It's child-friendly spooky. For Halloween. Um, yes, and um, one day is going to be all about bats. So the week leading up to Christmas, two days there. Um, and then we've got a um, weef and table display making coming up soon as well. I'm hoping that's towards the end of November. So my toddler group gets um, quieter throughout the winter, but funny enough, my holiday camps in the, around Christmas time gets busier. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, right. yeah, we've been very lucky. Last year we were very lucky with the weather. It was all frosty, so it's quite nice to come up right. to the woods and, you know, just see it in a different season with frost yeah. and ice. It's yeah. great. Yeah. And kids don't feel the cold like we do in a no, way. They no, they don't. No, they just, they always say, oh, can I take your jumper off? And I was like, mm. I think you better keep your jumper on because yeah. I'm cold. Mm. But they they obviously do more running around. So, right. yeah. So just finally, your contact details. So all my details on my Facebook page. But obviously to get my number off my Facebook page. Um. So which is Wild Trekkers. All right. Thank you very okay, much. Amy. Thank you. You're listening to Tis Talk from Tisbury, Wiltshire. And we end with Louis Davison with the Watsons. This week is half term for many and there is plenty on offer. Several community groups are holding their regular get-togethers, Halloween celebrations are starting and the Nada Valley Arts Festival brings us a feast of activities to enjoy. On Tuesday, the monthly Tisbury Carer Cafe is running from 10.30 until 12 noon at Beaton's. There will be tea, coffee and cake, as well as peer-to-peer support and a trained volunteer on hand to welcome anyone wanting to share their experiences. On Wednesday, 
there was a pop-up cafe in the Hinton Hall from 10.30 until 12 noon. And later on that day, from 6 until 8pm is the start of a new weekly table tennis club. This will take place at the Nada Centre and all levels are welcome. For more details, contact the Nada Centre or message Edward Bell via Facebook. On Thursday, the Nada Valley Arts Society kick off their festival with the film Loving Vincent at the New Vic at 7.30pm. There will also be a bar and corridor exhibition. Tickets are £4. Also on Friday evening, Beatons are hosting a Halloween special with pizza and cocktails from 6 to 9pm. Dressing up is encouraged. If you want to book a table, call Beatons in advance. On Saturday, the Nada Valley Arts Festival exhibition is taking place in the Victoria Hall from 10.30 through to 5pm. This exhibition is free and will be showcasing local artists and artisans and is running printing workshops throughout the day. In addition, a cafe in the Elizabeth Hall will showcase work that the Society has supported from local schools and from Guy's Marsh Prison. Also on Saturday, there will be the first meeting of the season for the Gentleman's Breakfast. This starts at 8.30am in the Royal Oak Swallowcliffe. Tarquin Follis, OBE, will be speaking on cyber and normal humans. Email reservations for this event are requested by Wednesday the 25th to Paul Budd, that is P-V-B-U-D-D, at gmail.com. And the cost is £18 per head. In the evening, Tisbury Sports and Social Club are holding a Halloween party with music from Buzz starting at 8.30pm. Fancy dress is recommended. And that's it for this week. You can contact us on tistalkradio at gmail.com. That's all from us. We've been Julianne Murphy and Mary Myers. And special thanks to contributors Keelan Pybos and Louis Davison. Mm-hmm.